Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Today, we're going to talk about a very important wage hour topic, the regular rate of pay. Now, I can feel some of you eye-rolling at this moment. Oh my gosh, this is such an easy topic. I can't believe we're going to waste time talking about the regular rate of pay. Well, you know what? People muck this up 90 ways to Sunday, which is why we have a job. It's why we have cases that we deal with at the Labor Commissioner and the Department of Labor, because employers don't always understand even the basic wage and hour issues. Why is that? Because they're not basic. There's nothing basic about wage hour. There's nothing based on common sense even right? When we talk about regular rate of pay, it's a term that feels common, feels like people have heard it before, but they don't always necessarily understand it. So let's start at the beginning. Employees generally are presumed to be non-exempt. What that means is they are not exempt from a panoply of wage and hour rules, either state rules, like in California, we have the labor code, we have opinion letters of the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement, our labor commissioner's office, we have court decisions, right, where courts have interpreted provisions of the labor code. So we have a number of places where the law can come from. We also, of course, have the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act, which has been on the books for almost 100 years, and it is all about wage hour on a national level. Now, if you work in California or other states that have very active wage and hour laws internally in the state, you probably don't think too much about the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act because it's usually imposes a lower standard on the employer than the applicable state law does or uh, local law. Even in California, we even have local laws that are more strict and more stringent than the state laws. But when we're talking about non-exempt employees, there are a number of rules that apply, right? They have to be paid for every hour they work. They have to be paid the appropriate minimum wage. As you know, in California, that depends on how many employees you have, right? They need to take rest breaks and meal periods, at least be provided rest breaks and meal periods. And they have to be paid overtime. Now, in California, we have a daily overtime rule. And what that means is you are responsible to pay your non-exempt employee for any time they work generally over eight hours in a day and also weekly overtime, more than 40 hours in a week. Remember, weekly overtime is also true under the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act, right? So what's different about California is our daily overtime. Now, if you pay an employee just a single rate of pay, right? It is $20 an hour. That's what they get. I don't care what they do. I don't care where they do it. That's what they're getting paid. Then the regular rate of pay for the purposes of calculating overtime is $20 an hour, right? Because what you do to determine the overtime rate is you multiply the regular rate of pay times either one and a half for overtime or two if you're talking about double time. So if you pay an employee a single rate of pay, you don't have any problem with determining the regular rate of pay because the regular rate is the base rate. Now, let me add to that. 
If you pay them a single rate of pay and you give them no other compensation in the work week, they don't get incentives, they don't get bonuses, they don't get commissions, they don't get on the spot, you know, payments, none of that. They just get an hourly rate. That's the only compensation they're getting. So to figure out their overtime rate, you would just take their base rate and multiply it by 1.5 or 2.0, whichever is applicable. Now, here's where it gets tricky. If you have an employee who you have paid a base rate, right, an hourly rate, plus a bonus or an incentive or a commission, then their regular rate for that week has to include all of the compensation they receive during that work week, all right? So that means generally what you're going to do is take the total comp they received during the work week divided by the total number of hours worked, you're going to get a number, and that number times 1.5 or 2.0 is going to be their overtime rate, okay? Now, there are some exceptions under California law when we look at things like bonuses that are paid to work particular shifts, right? So if you are an employer and you say, I'll give you an extra $500 if you'll work the weekend because weekends are our busiest time and we can't get anybody to work the weekend, then you're going to not divide by the total number of hours worked. You're going to divide by 40, right? The maximum number of non-overtime hours. Why is that? Because if you're paying a bonus for them to work a particular shift and we divide by the total number of hours worked, you're diluting that bonus, right? So that's an exception to the rule where you take the total compensation and you divide by the total number of hours worked, okay? Now, Remember that the regular rate of pay is not only applicable when we're talking about overtime. It's also applicable when we're talking about things like Labor Code Section 226.7 penalties. As you probably know, those penalties are assessed when an employee who is non-exempt does not have the opportunity to take a compliant rest break or meal period. Okay, it was available. If it's available, they don't get a premium. If they just decide I ain't going to do it, I'm not taking it, you don't owe them a 226.7 premium. But if you don't make it available, if I tell my assistant, Deb, hey, we're drowning, you can't take your lunch today, you got to eat at your desk because we got a document we have to file and we don't have time for you to take a break. I have precluded her from taking a break. I owe her one hour of pay. Now, Labor Code Section 226.7 uses a weird phrase. It says we have to pay the employee at their regular rate of compensation. So for years, we were all arguing and wondering about, does that mean the regular rate of pay, the overtime rate, or the base rate? We finally got an answer from the California Supreme Court recently where they said it's the regular rate of pay. So you've got to know how to figure out the regular rate of pay when you're paying those rest break and meal period premiums. Now, there are a number of other issues that can come up when we talk about regular rate of pay. For example, when you're looking at paying individuals on call time and maybe their on call is paid at a different rate than the regular workday time. 
right? So you're going to have a weighted average. You're going to have to figure out all of their compensation divided by their total number of hours worked to get the regular rate of pay. You can't just choose the rate that applied when they worked the overtime, right? A lot of employers have done this where they've said, oh, well, the overtime that Jen worked happened when she was on call. So we'll just take 1.5 times the on-call rate and that's what her overtime rate will be. Doesn't work that way. Okay, you can do that in some situations under federal law, but not under California law. Now, the other thing to notice about the regular rate of pay is as many of you probably are aware, Labor Code Section 226 in California requires that we give employees a wage statement. A wage statement is a piece of paper or an electronic document that the employee gets that shows them their pay, right? It's the tear-off portion of their paycheck. How much were they paid? How many hours did they work? What rates were they paid? How much taxes have been pulled out since the beginning of the year? How much taxes did they pay during this pay period? What are the inclusive dates of the pay period, right? So there are various requirements under Labor Code Section 226A, and that is what we have to comply with. And the reason the regular rate of pay is related to that is you have to show the overtime rate on your wage statement. This has been an area of confusion for a lot of California employers, and it's not your fault because the courts have been pretty inconsistent in this area. But we know now that if you're going to show on a pay stub someone's base hourly rate and then their overtime rate, that overtime rate, that regular rate of pay needs to be designated on the pay stub. The employee needs to be able to figure out from their pay stub how you calculated the wages they received for that pay period. So if you don't do that, if you don't make sure that your wage statement is absolutely compliant, you can be the subject of a PAGA claim, a Private Attorney General's Act claim. We've talked about those kinds of claims in prior episodes. They are a huge problem for California employers because they are expensive to litigate. You almost always have to settle them because there's always something we've mucked up by accident, right? So PAGA claims are a very expensive problem for California employers. And an easy way to have a PAGA claim is to have a wage statement that is not compliant with the labor code. So when we think about all of your obligations as employers, we go back to what I first said on this episode. These rules apply to non-exempt employees. So many of you are probably thinking, cool, let's make everyone exempt. Then I don't owe them overtime and I don't have to pay them for extra hours they worked. And I don't have to worry about changing their compensation if I give them a bonus and they don't have to take rest breaks and meal periods. Yeah, I get it. But you know what? It's a tough road to hoe. Most people are properly classified as non-exempt, most jobs. And it takes a lot. There are various tests, of course. We'll talk about those one day. There are various tests about how to determine if someone is exempt, but we are presumed to be non-exempt. And it is a very significant hurdle for the employer to overcome that presumption. And it's always going to be the employer's burden of proof. You may choose to classify someone as exempt, even if you're on the edge, right? It's not entirely clear that they're going to be exempt. You can do that. You run your business, you can take whatever risk you wanna take. Just want to make sure you know it's a risk.
because if you're wrong and they should have been properly classified as non-exempt, now we get into the importance of the regular rate of pay and how was the overtime paid. And oh, by the way, if you classified them as exempt, they probably weren't keeping records. So, hmm, how are we going to figure out how much overtime is owed? Well, they'll sit down and they'll just recreate their work for you, right? They'll think about all the things you asked them to do. And oh my gosh, there was that time and this time and that time and the other time. Before you know it, they worked 12 hours a day, five days a week. And you have nothing to counter that because you didn't keep time records because why would you? You classified them as exempt. So the regular rate of pay is actually a big issue. And it's something that starts with whether you have properly classified your employee as exempt or non-exempt. So those of you who haven't done a wage hour audit in a while, or at least haven't done an exemption analysis, put it on your list of things to do. You need to look at every position in your organization. If you're a private sector employer, make sure they are properly classified. This is one area where the public sector employers have it easier because all of the classifications are predetermined. So it's not something that you're going to have to figure out department by department. But in a private sector workplace, this is a huge source of potential liability and something you really want to get your arms around. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.